The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The horses are at the gate. And they're off. Welcome to Winning Ponies. With a weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, John Engelhart, racing's regular guy. All right, good to be back with you on Winning Ponies. going to be an interesting week in racing, and we're going to kind of zero into a very niche racetrack, and that is Kentucky Downs. Now, uh, Kentucky Downs is down at the bottom of Kentucky, right near the, the Tennessee border, and as I've told you in the past, it is uh, America's most European racetrack, and uh, they're having four solid stakes races there uh, this uh, this week. And we tapped into the guy who's down there as their public handicapper, and that's Gary West. Of course, you know, may, uh, know Gary as uh, more of a, a writer. Uh, he's a frequent contributor to ESPN. Uh, he used to be the regular columnist for the Dallas Morning News and the Fort Worth Star-Telegram. Uh, Gary, a son of a jockey, was a college teacher before landing on the racetrack to write about horse racing. He's been a commentator on ESPN and CNN, but uh, Gary has the unique position of being there on the grounds of Kentucky Downs, and as you probably know, it's a uh, it's a track kind of shaped like a pear lying on its side, and uh, all the races are grass, so we'll pray for for good weather. I uh, have had uh, some storms come through this week, but it looks like it's going to clear up. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how the ground is. Gary's going to catch us up on that, but uh, we're going to have a trio of $200,000 uh, stakes, and it's going to be uh, headed up by the running of the Kentucky Turf Cup. This is a grade three mile-and-a-half on the weeds, and that goes for $600,000. And then at the bottom of this segment, we'll go back and uh, see what's up at the downs as far as our handicapping was concerned with Byron King last week. We did have the Dueling Grounds Derby, and then we went to the Super Derby at Louisiana Downs, and then we took a look at a couple races from Churchill Downs, so we will recap that. Before I uh, go any further and we take a look at uh, some of the happenings at, uh, at Keeneland, um, some news that, that may have uh, gone past some people last week, and uh, that, uh, that was the, uh, the, the passing of Sandy Lovato. Now, uh, listeners to the show will know that I've had Frankie on a couple times. Uh, Frankie Lovato, uh, following the footsteps of his father, he rode for uh, 25 years, won over 1,700 races, uh, won the Eclipse Award as the leading apprentice, almost beat John Henry with Pete Moss in the Jockey Club Gold Cup back in the day. And uh, he's quite the character. 
Uh, but sad to say, in, in a car uh, accident, uh, Sandy Lovato uh, is no longer with us, and it's got to be very, very hard on Frankie. You know, he does the, the jockey uh, camp for kids. Uh, he ended up living in north-central Ohio, and he just a fantastic ambassador of the sport. So uh, from all of us here at Winning Ponies, uh, our, our heart goes out uh, to uh, Frankie, and uh, hopefully we can have him back on the show sometime. And uh, we wish him and his family and nothing but the best, but she will be uh, sadly, sadly missed. Uh, also, uh, something that happened this uh, past week that uh, may have escaped some of the national media is uh, Jackie Perry Oots. He's one of those guys that has flown under the radar for years, but he scored win number 6,350 last weekend, and that makes him the 15th all-time winningest jockey. And uh, his, his goal, Perry now 60 years old, he says he just wants to be the leading rider in Riverdale, Arkansas. Why does he say that? Because he grew up with his cousin, Early Fires, who I believe is number 11 on the list. So he's got to leapfrog over a couple other guys, and he can do that closely. But he's going to have to ride for another year or so. But uh, we wish him nothing but the best. Congratulations uh, to Perry Utes, now the 15th all-time winningest jockey. Well, the releases are just coming out. Uh, things are clearing out at the uh, Keeneland uh, sales ring. Uh, this is day four of what they call book one, and that's really the creme de la creme um, of the thoroughbred breed here in North America for sale. And uh, they they put the, the top sellers that uh, we had Frankie Brothers on last year that told us how everything is vetted out as far as who's selected to go in this. And then they do it by the mayor's name, and they bring the mayor, like uh, they'll just draw a card, and if it's K, then mayor's whose name begins with K starts there, LMNOP. So it's it's uh, still going on, but today, what a day. Through the first four days, 437 yearlings have sold for $142 million. Uh, the uh, cumulative average of 300,535 is nearly 7% above last year's average and the median of $240,000 per horse is 15% above 2013. Now today, six seven-figure yearlings sold to bring the total of million-dollar horses during the first four days to 13. So guys with some deep pockets are uh, down there in Lexington. I got to spend a couple days down there myself. Absolutely got lucky with the weather. It was gorgeous. Everywhere you turn your head, there's just the most stunning horse you've ever seen. You take a look at the yearling catalog and just black type all over. Uh, these are the, the best of the best. Well, uh, we've got co-top sellers uh, $2.2 million prices on two yearlings. The first sale topper, as you might call it, was a Warfront Colt uh, purchased by Coolmore. Of course, that's Sheikh Hamdan bin Rashid Al Maktoum and his Shadwell estate. Uh, this is a uh, Tappet Colt who's a half-brother to 
Breeders' Cup Juvenile winner, New Year's Day. It was consigned by Claiborne Farm. And then Clearski Farm consigned a $2.2 million Tappet Cult, who's out of the winner, just Whistling Dixie, by Dixie Union. So the Warfronts and the Tappets were absolutely going through the roof down at Keeneland. I will say that the, the, the Tappets... As good-looking as they are, boy, they are hot-blooded. Yes, I saw quite a few of them dragging, dragging their handlers around the barn area, particularly when they get near the sales ring. So they're, 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 they're full of fire for sure. Well, again, we're going to be talking with Gary West coming up soon. And down there, you know, they race very sparingly. And uh, it was a Wednesday. It was uh, the Hall of Fame Jockeys Day. Rosie Napravnik had a Hall of Fame day uh, because uh, she uh, tore it up with, uh, during the 10-race car that they belonged to Rosie and Julian Lee Peru. Rosie guided home four winners while Lee Peru was aboard three. And uh, they did that in the uh, company of the Hall of Famers, Calvin Burrell, Pat Day, Chris McCarron. This year, Lafitte Pinkai Jr. was there. Uh, Randy Romero came back. And then uh, trainer Jack Van Berg was on hand, signing the book uh, Jack from Grit to Glory. Of course, Jack was uh, on the show with us uh, a few months back. And uh, Calvin Burrell, of course, uh, is still riding. Uh, but uh, so what a bunch of great guys. And Gary's going to tell us more about the, uh, the, the get-together that was going on there. Uh, they also hosted a $15,000 Breeders' Cup uh, Challenge Qualifier. Hope some of you guys were in there. Now, um, what uh, will be coming up is uh, Saturday, September 13th, is Kentucky Turf Cup Day, and that's where we're going to highlight the Turf Cup, the Ladies' Sprint, the Ladies' Turf, and the More Than Ready Mile with uh, Gary West. And then the following Wednesday, uh, they're going to have a benefit for Michael Blown and our friends at Old Friends Farm in conjunction with Horses and Hope for breast cancer. And then the following Wednesday, which is their closing day, uh, they'll have uh, two $200,000 uh, stakes races. So, again, that's coming up at Kentucky Downs, and we'll be talking more with Gary West. So uh, the NTRA poll is out, and Wise Dan holds his top spot over Shared Belief and California Chrome, Close Hatches, It's My Lucky Day, Wicked Strong, Moreno, Palace Malice, Untappable, and Golden Sense. Of course, all of that uh, may change next week when California Chrome is going to go to post. That's right. It's going to be a big day, the Pennsylvania Derby. The great thing is that for some reason you can't make it uh, to uh, the track or an OTB parlor. It's going to be streamed at americasbestracing.net. I'll say that once again, americasbestracing.net. So you'll get to see California Chrome in the Million Dollar Pennsylvania Derby. It's going to begin at 4.30. There's also the $1 million cotillion for uh, three-year-old fillies, and that's going to be one heck of a race. Uh, the, again, 4.30. Uh, you can also go to America's Best Racing homepage, www.americasbestracing. Now, uh, let's not get the uh, 
the roses to California Chrome yet because also in there is Bayern, winner of the Haskell Invitational, and the top two finishers in last month's West Virginia Derby, Tapature and Candy Boy, and that was one hell of a race. And in the Cotillion, we're going to get to see uh, Kentucky Oaks heroine Untappable, as well as grade one winner Stop Charging Maria and Sweet Reason. Uh, so uh, it should be uh, quite a day, and, and again, you'll be able to tune in and get that, the return of California Chrome. All right, let's take a look back at last week, some of the big races uh, that we talked about here on Winning Ponies, and maybe one or two that we didn't. At Kentucky Downs, they had uh, two baby races, one for the boys and one for the girls. In the boys' Kentucky Downs Juvenile, the winner was a son of Stroll, Cronin the Barbarian. Now, this horse is owned by Old Memorial Stable, that's Rick Pitino. Rick Pitino often names horses uh, with his players or former assistant coaches. And Mick Cronin, who uh, coaches the Cincinnati Bearcats, might be named after this horse, Cronin the Barbarian, from last to first. So this will be a two-year-old to watch. Can definitely go the distance. The second spot was Luck of the Kitten. Yes, a kitten's joy led all the way until the final 16th. The third spot was Czar. Then in the girls' division of the Kentucky Downs Phillies, the winner was Nikki's Brown Miss, a daughter of Big Brown who rated very much uh, well off at 9-1 to one odds right there. And the second spot was Aunt Sherry at 14-1, to one, a third to two. Late spring, it was the favorite, just kind of flattened out that long, long stretch run at Kentucky Downs. Uh, then, of course, we did look at the Dueling Grounds Derby. What a finish. Medal count. Byron King's pick just came up a little short. It was Maya Fleet, who was one of the speed horses here. That's hard to do at Kentucky Cup, go all the way around. They just uh, they traded noses right down to the wire. It was, uh, after a long photo, Maya Fleet up over medal count. And it was, can't help believing, the Irish bred finished in the third spot. And it was a super derby at Louisiana Downs, and the winner was Byron's pick, Vickers in trouble. Certainly the edge on class reunited with Rosie Deprave. Nick won the Louisiana Derby and the LeCompte earlier this year, sent off at 6-5. to five. This put Vickers in trouble. Three-year-old son of Into Mischief, who was bred in Louisiana, over the $1 million mark. In the third spot at 88-1 to one was Declan's Fast Cat, and the third spot was the sixth, victory nor defeat. Uh, then real quick at Churchill Downs, uh, the Iroquois Stakes, uh, this started to get some derby points for these horses, and the winner was Lucky Player, a son of looking at Lucky, trained by Steve Asmussen, went off at 11-1. to 1. What a surprise right there. Got up by a neck, was second all the way, but caught him at the wire. And who did he catch? But Bold Conquest, Byron's pick at 4-1 to one in the third spot. Hashtag Bourbon, who really got stuck down along the rail that race. Didn't have too much of a chance. And then uh, the girls went to post in the Pocahontas. And the winner was Christina's Journey, wire to wire for Dale Romans. This is a daughter of any given Saturday. 
finishing second, Byron's pick at five to one. He gives us good odds, and that was Pangburn. And the third spot, thirty to one, Mile High Butterfly. Billy Conley doing well with his two-year-olds. Well, that's a look at last week's races and some of the news of the week. We're going to take a little bit of a break, and we come back. We're going to be talking with the general farm manager of Taylor Made Farm, Tom Ham. You're listening to Winning Ponies. Is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. That goes O'Neill. He's at the shot. Got it. With 2.8 seconds left to left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we, we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. And they're off. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host, former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety, Ray Ellis, on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fan's perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice America Network and let's talk football. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, and as again, I said that I spent the first couple days of, of this week uh, down in Lexington, Kentucky, at the uh, Keeneland September sale, and everywhere you look, you see the color maroon, and the reason you do is that's the color that represents the tailor-made sales agency. Uh, you, you, you can't turn your head without seeing somebody walking a horse by you, showing a horse to somebody. A whole shed row is, uh, has the, that prominent color there. Of course, tailor-made sales agency uh, was uh, developed back in 1976 by Duncan Taylor, who was the oldest son of noted horseman Joe Taylor. Uh, Joe Taylor is an acknowledged authority on thoroughbred breeding, uh, and most importantly, he developed John's Gaines, Gainesway Farm, 
into the leading stallion station that it is. He managed that farm for 40 years. As a matter of fact, he wrote a book about it. And uh, one of the mandatory things when you become a, an employee of TaylorMade Sales Agency is that you have to read that book. And with me is a guy that uh, may have been able to write the book himself, but I know he had to read it when he signed up with TaylorMade. I've known him for about 20 years right now, and his name is Tom Ham. He's the general farm manager of uh, the TaylorMade Farm. Tom, how are you doing? I'm doing good, John. How are you? I'm okay. I'm okay because I'm talking to you about horse racing. Now, we met many years ago when you worked in tandem uh, with your brother, Tim Ham. And if anybody uh, runs his record through the computer, they'll know that he's uh, probably over the last uh, eight to ten years the leading trainer of stakes horses in the state of Ohio. I know you were with him, but uh, you've been down at uh, TaylorMade uh, since then. Tell us a little bit about your, your exposure to horses and how you ended up at TaylorMade. Well, John, I grew up on a uh, horse farm in Ohio, a uh, small horse farm. My dad had some race horses and um, grew up there with those, and I went off and did my own thing for a while, but I came back and worked with my brother starting in 1994 on the racetrack at uh, Thistledown. Um, we traveled, a, did a lot of traveling uh, while I was with my brother, but uh, we were based out of Thistledown. Um, worked with my brother for 12 years on the racetrack, and then in 2006, I kind of wanted to branch off from my brother and do my own thing and i uh, came down here to taylor made here in nicholasville kentucky just outside of lexington i put in a resume and an application i met frank taylor actually the day i was turning in and i got hired on the spot so to speak and uh so i've been here since uh, august of 2006 well there's so much that goes into i mean when i was down there like i said that TaylorMade, you guys just seem to be everywhere in the keeneland grounds it's not really like like you're, you're barn or shed rocher you call it is, is in one area it seems like i could walk to different parts of the keeneland backstretch and there would be another whole shed row uh, of of taylor made so obviously you guys have really you know established yourself you've ranked as the september sales leading consigner by gross 16 times since 1988 but those horses just don't show up all shiny and looking good and behaving well. Uh, it's got to start back at the farm, and you're the farm manager. Describe to me what's the process. Let's say I, I, I have a horse, and I decide that its pedigree is good enough to sell, and I want to bring them to, to, the, to the best sales agency, so I show up at your farm. How does the process work? Well, John, basically what we do is we have horses um, from all over, and they do come to TaylorMade, and we prep. Uh, a large majority of the horses we send, but we do have some horses that just ship into the sale for us and we sell them from there and, and some of the owners prep them at their farm. But when a horse comes to our farm, we like to get them in there at a minimum about 60 days prior to the sale. Um, and what we do is we've got, we've got a person for every five horses on our farm uh, in the yearling division and we uh, put them through a process where we put them on uh, walkers and we exercise them, we hand walk them. Um, we work with them as far as showing and just teaching the yearling to show well. Um, we've got some really good help out there on the farm, and we do that for about 60 days leading up to the sale, and then we bring them into the sale. Um, and obviously we show them out there at the sale and try to present the best horse we can uh, in the ring. Now, as, as the general farm manager, I, I guess you're kind of like the, the, the coach of a football team. Um, what, what like Obviously, just like an athlete, these horses don't all develop at the same pace. 
what is it you do? Because I'm telling you what, they were all so well behaved uh, come, uh, you know, September 8th. It just amazed me. Um, you know, horses have different personalities. They have different habits. We know that there are rogues. I mean, what are some of the things you do? Do you have, do you have a first string of handlers that you might assign a more difficult yearling? Well, you know, we really don't. We, we've, um, we've got some help that we've been fortunate that's been able to stay with us for several years at the farm. And, and when they do leave, we've, we've done a good job uh, as a whole of, re- of replacing people that have left. But what we do is we try to we get the horses that, as they're being weaned uh, in the late fall, and we'll bring them over to our yearling division. They're, um, they're brought up every day. We feed them uh, breakfast in the barn. We pick their feet. We handle them. We brush them, um, pull their manes. Um, then they go back out uh, mid-morning, turn them back out for the day. We feed them out at night, and we handle them every day, uh, you know, for at least a few hours a day. And I think it's just the, the main thing is getting them handled, getting them used to being around people, um, and just, you know, keeping them calm. But uh, overall, I think um, we spend a lot of time with them. I think we have good help on the farm, and I think that that's the main thing, and, and just feeding them right. Well, for those that haven't been to a sale, it's a pretty amazing process. And then some will come up and often fill out a card saying they want to see these uh, three to, let's say, five hip numbers that they're interested in because they like their pedigree page or they'd seen them earlier. Um, how grueling is it on the horses to be taken in and out and in and out uh, of the stall? Do, do any of them get tired or do you try to space them? How does that work? Um, you know, basically, yeah, they do. To answer your question, yes, they do get tired. Uh, basically, just like the help out there, you know, it's a it's a long day. We start our day about 5 a.m. every morning, and we show till uh, 5 p.m. every evening. Sometimes later. Um, in days like today, uh, we were showing the first day of book two for uh, for horses at uh, at Keeneland there, and, and you know they were busy all day. Basically, they were probably not in their stall hardly at all. So, but they uh, they handle it well, and we try to make sure they're getting fed well, make sure they get a uh, good rest in the evening. And, uh, but you know, overall it's, it's grueling for the horses. It's grueling for the help, but, uh, but they seem to handle it. Okay. And, and, uh, but there's no real, you know, we don't give them any break, you know, there's no set breaks for any horse. We just, uh, as the, as the clients come in, and want to see them. We try to do our best to get them out to them and present them the best way we can. Well, you you certainly do an, an excellent job at that. Now, after you've been showing these horses, let's say for a couple of days, and uh, it, it, it's time to to bring them over to the ring. Is there anything special that's done? A spit shine that you put on them because they're going to finally go in front of the money people? Yeah, you know, we we have what we call it's our top off crew. I have certain people that have worked for us for several years. Are usually some of our best people. Um, to name names, we have uh, a, a lady named Sherry Hughes. Uh, we have a, a lady named Pam Moss, um, and several others uh, that I won't take the time to mention. But they uh, they take the horses down. They really polish them up. They make sure all the finishing touches are on. Um, they have a group that works with them and just get them looking as good as we can before we send them to the ring. Um, and, and they've done a great job for us, and, and they're a big reason for uh, a lot of the success we've had. Um. Now, for, again, for those that, that haven't been there, uh, after you've done them and you've, you've topped them off and you get them uh, looking good, it, it's time to lead them over. And one thing I noticed, uh, because I, you know, I was there towards, uh, there's like two, there's almost three rings. You bring them in, you, you, you bring them in and there's this 
indoor-outdoor ring where they walk around the left side first, and then as it gets closer to going to the sales ring, they walk around the right side, and then they finally enter uh, into the Keeneland Pavilion. I, I did notice that some horses, and I don't know if it's a sense that they have, but it seemed like the only time I've seen them act up is between that last barn and when they go into that ring. Do you think some of them have a sense that uh, something's about to happen? You begin to hear the whinnies, and a horse that didn't act up at all might start to act up. Uh, I, I'm just asking you this as, a, as an expert. Well, you know, I think I'm not sure I'm an expert, John, but I can give you my uh, educated opinion. But uh, <laughs> basically, I think I think the horses they they come in from that back ring. You've got the auctioneer going, the buzz and the uh, excitement. Levels a lot higher in that back ring. That's their last look before the horse goes into the sales ring. Um, and I think the horses can can sense, uh, you know, just every the excitement in the air. Not only what they can physically see, but but just the uh, the excitement that's going on back there and the commotion and the auctioneer talking and people bidding. So I think I think that in a, in a sense is kind of like very similar to my years on the racetrack when I'd walk a horse from the barn to the paddock. Um, you know, they'd be calm walking from the barn, but the minute we stepped in the paddock, you know, they kind of muscled up on you and swelled up a little bit. And I think the horses just have a, a natural sense when there's uh, something going on a little different. Well, all I can say is, uh, you, you know, you've obviously worked with an amazing team. Uh, do, do you feel like you're part of the, the Taylor family? They're almost easy to spot. You know, the, these guys got a, a, interesting bloodlines uh, them, themselves coming from Joe Taylor, but they all had this, some kind of look about them that you could tell they're one of the Taylor boys. Yeah, you know, I do. I really do, and it's one of the reasons I've, I've been here for 10 years and I plan on retiring from TaylorMade. Um, you know, I do feel like I'm part of their family. They have, they brought us all in and they're a very family oriented company. Um, they're very good to their employees. They, they take great care of us, but, um, you know, they brought me in here and they made me feel like I was part of the family from day one. Um, and they're, they're very hands-on. They're very involved in what's going on at TaylorMade, not only at the farm, but at the sales. Um, I don't think, you know, you can walk to our farm or at the sales at any point and you'll, I guarantee you'll run into a tailor. Um, and they're, you know, they're, they're basically, uh, carrying through what, uh, their father, Joe Taylor had taught them and what he had done with Gainesway and they're following his philosophies and they're instilling it in all of us. And I just think it's a, it's a great company. Um, like I said, very family oriented and they're very involved in what, in what we're doing and they believe in what we're doing. And, uh, you know, I'm just very happy and blessed to be here with working for the Taylors. Well, I'm happy and blessed to have Tom Ham, the general farm manager uh, from TaylorMade, on with us tonight at Winning Ponies. Hopefully I'm going to get down there because, as you know, the horses me and my friends can afford are always at book six. So I may see you later next week. Well, that's great, John. That's, that's where mine are as well, so I probably will see you there. <laughs> okay. Thanks again. We've been talking with Tom Hamm, the general farm manager at TaylorMade, and we're going to take a little bit of a break. When we come back, we're going to be talking with uh, the man that has the inside track at one of the rarest tracks in North America, and that would be Gary West from Kentucky Downs. You're listening to Winning Ponies. <laughs> Wow. 
what? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, and with me right now, uh, someone who's not a stranger to Winning Ponies, and that's Gary West, who has always been kind enough to uh, to offer to be on the show when I've reached out to him. Um, probably first best known as a writer uh, in the Dallas Morning News and the Fort Worth Star, but then you've seen him uh, pretty much uh, all around the place, uh, ESPN and CNN as a commentator. Um, and right now he's got a very unique seat in the world of racing, and that's down there in Franklin, Kentucky, at Kentucky Downs, uh, America's most uh, European and, I think, challenging racetrack. Uh, Gary, would you say that that would be about right? It is a very challenging track for horse players, and that's what makes it exciting, and it definitely is a unique racetrack for North America. There's nothing even close to it because there's a, a course here that's a mile and five-sixteenths, and it's a rolling, undulating sea with an uh, incline into the first turn and then an uphill run to a crest on the back stretch and then an oblique run downhill to a wide sweeping second turn and then the home stretch is uphill again. So it's a very challenging course for handicappers, for jockeys, and for horses. It rewards experience, I think, at every turn. And it's one of the reasons that uh, it's, it's, I think, the... Uh, the haven, the heaven even, for horse players. It uh, rewards good handicapping with uh, good payoffs. Well, you, you've surrounded yourself with uh, some very good people down there. Uh, Corey Johnson's been on the show uh, several times, and I know he's a big Gary West fan. But you, you, you had a, a special day on Wednesday. My good friend Michael Blowen from Old Friends was down there, and uh, you had your. It was I was there last year. This was your second annual Hall of Fame Jockeys Day, and uh, I know that you were one of the MCs there. I think you had Calvin Burrell, Pat Day, Chris McCarron. This year, Lafitte Pinkai Jr., uh, Randy Romero. Came back, uh, uh, Hall of Famer Jack Van Berg. Can, can you kind of maybe paint a little picture of what happened there uh, last night? Well, it was so exciting, of course, to get these guys in together, and particularly in a casual setting because they become so candid and they they interact in ways that uh, we usually don't have an opportunity to see. Uh, for example, you know, Pat Day was talking about how he was blessed to win the first Breeders' Cup Classic on Wild Again 
and Jack Bamberg piped in, well, you had more than God on your side. The stewards were on your side, too. And everyone <laughs> laughed because Jack was alluding to the fact that uh, three horses were coming down the stretch together, and he trained one of them, Gate Dancer. And there was some bumping going on, but there was no, um, no problem there uh, on Wild Again's part. But um, that was the kind of evening it was. it was. It was terrific, and we were raising money for the permanently disabled jockeys fund so it was for a good cause as well uh, there were auction items that uh, brought uh, i think some some pretty good uh, dollars that will go to a good cause and everyone had a great time the uh, jockeys here were outstanding and i think they they were uh, impressed with with how many people came and there was a large crowd and just a throng of people at the racetrack for the autograph session they were impressed with how many people came and how many people uh, loved the game and were interested in, in their careers and their accomplishments. So it was a great evening and a great day Wednesday with the uh, jockeys there being honored by Kentucky Downs. Well, I know uh, Corey keep, keeps it exciting. Uh, coming up on Saturday, uh, you've got family fun activities. You've got these uh, four stakes races that we're going to take a look at. Uh, but then the, uh, the following Wednesday, uh, you're going to have another benefit for Horses and Hope and Old Friends uh, Farm. Uh, he, he, Corey does a great job at, at keeping things moving. It looks like he's surrounded himself with a pretty good team. Well, yes, he has. He, he called me a couple of years ago, a few years ago, and asked me to, if I could come up and and uh, lend a hand. And, and I was curious because I had never been to Kentucky Downs. And when I got here, I just fell in love with the place because of the racing, the quality of racing, and the people involved. A lot of uh, friends of mine over the years have converged on this place because they believe in what it's trying to do, which is uh, do something for the industry. You know, they're giving away a million dollars a day on average here, and those are, are historic purse levels. And Saturday, the purses were going to be totaling about $1.7 million. There's $1.2 million in purses for the four stakes races. And, of course, these uh, races give uh, the finest uh, horses an opportunity to run for uh, good money and uh, the finest jockeys in the world an opportunity to uh, come here and enjoy uh, Kentucky and enjoy good racing as well. And that's why you see so many outstanding riders uh, converging here. You mentioned Rafael Bajirano, the leading jockey at Del Mar. You know, years ago he had one of the greatest days in racing, actually, right here at Kentucky Downs. He won six of eight races, and in the other wow. two he ran second and third and was beaten a total of a length and a half. So he missed sweeping the car by a length and a half. Unbelievable. And of course, we have uh, James Graham, the leading jockey from Arlington Park, that comes in and out as often as he can. Uh, Rafael Hernandez, the leading jockey from, I believe, Fairmont Park. Um, yep. Uh, Florin uh, Giroux, the leading rider from, uh, second leading rider at Arlington behind uh, James Graham. And, uh, of course, Calvin Burrell, the Hall of Famer. Edgar Prado, a Hall of Famer. Uh, Leperu comes in from Louisville when, when he can. And, and then, of course, there's Rosie Napravnik, who uh, won four races on Saturday, I believe it was. And that included winning with her husband's first-time starter, 
uh, I should say, her husband's first start as a trainer. Uh, Holiday Drama, I think, was the mayor's name. Wow. And uh, that was a big day for her, but she was the leading jockey here a year ago, and she's well on her way to duplicating that feat this year. So you have an outstanding jockey colony and some outstanding horses, and then, of course, you have Hall of Fame trainers, too, Jonathan Shepard and, and Bill Mott, Todd Pletcher's uh, already, already run uh, a couple of horses. And, of course, Kenny McPeak is the all-time leading trainer here. Neil Drysdale has a horse in Saturday, and I, I can't recall Neil Drysdale ever running a horse here, but, of course, Drysdale is one of the great trainers of all time. Uh, he's in the Hall of Fame as well. So I think the entire industry is happy to see what, what's going on here at Kentucky Downs. Absolutely, and I, I have urged people on these airwaves many times that, you know, if you do have a bucket list or if there's ever a track that you haven't seen, you only have a few opportunities to do it, take advantage of it, make a special trip, get down to Kentucky Downs. It's like Chantilly, France meets the county fair. Uh, hard, hard to image that, but you know what I'm talking about. You know, it is you've got, indeed, the, you've got yeah. the high end class things inside, and then you go outside, and it's like a family picnic eating uh, turkey legs. Yeah, it's it's a unique place and a fun place. And as you said, if you're a horse player or you love horse racing, this has to be on your bucket list. Well, let's see if we can knock a uh, a race out before. Uh, uh, we have to go to a break. I'm going to try to get four in today, hopefully, and for sure we'll get the big one in. Uh, starting out with the, the, the more than ready mile, $200,000. Uh, and uh, this is a race that's brought in uh, Rafael Bayarano, Churchill's leading rider last season, Corey Landry, uh, uh, Rosie Napravnik. Uh I could go on, but I won't. But, but all three of those I just named look like they're on very legitimate contenders. Guy's reward I saw run on the grass as a two-year-old in the cradle stakes at River Downs. He finished second, so obviously uh, shades of things to come. Uh, he's got nine career wins, eight of them on the turf, earnings of $783,000 from the Dale Romans barn. He's a pretty salty guy. Yeah, I... I... I think Guy's reward is the horse to beat here. He's um, just run in uh, some excellent company, and he has uh, been a consistent performer on the grass. And this race could set up with him uh, for him with a, a pretty decent pace. That's what he needs in front of him is a good pace to run at. And, by the way, he shouldn't get involved in that. In his last race, the cliffhanger at Monmouth, uh, a course that typically favors speed, he probably was closer to the pace than he usually would like. He was three lengths back after the opening half mile. He's much more comfortable if he's about five to even ten lengths back. And that's his game when he can make a late run. And he might get that kind of pace scenario here because another horse uh, that uh, is, I think, one of the favorites and certainly is a capable of, of uh, winning this race is Regally Ready, who you might remember won the Breeders' Cup Turf Sprint at Churchill Downs in 2011, and he's made nearly a million and a half dollars in his career. He is very quick, and he's going to be with the pace. Well, I won't necessarily say he's going to be on the lead, but with him in there, the pace is going to be honest, and I think that's going to be a real horse race with Regally Ready probably leading the field into the stretch, and guys reward trying to make the late run. Well, that's the way I see it setting up, too. Of course, Regally Ready, the team of uh, Asmussen and Apravnik, they're batting 33% when they team up. Let's see uh, if I can quickly get to the 
Kentucky Downs Ladies Sprint, another $200,000 race. This at six and a half furlongs, pretty much looks like they're going to start where you start heading downhill. Uh, you know, I thought this was the, one of the most contentious races on the card. And you're right, in those sprints, at, at three-quarters of a mile to seven-eighths of a mile, mostly at three-quarters, um, there's a, a downhill run into the first turn. The turf course crest on the backstretch, about the seven-eighths uh, marker. Um, but, yeah, there's a downhill run, and that tends to favor uh, horses that do have speed. Uh, but when there's moisture in, in the surface, and we're, we're going to have some rain here probably um, Friday, um, the horses can, can rally effectively uh, even in sprints and come from way back. But this is, I think, a very, very contentious card. Uh, by the way, Alan Garcia is on Sky Treasure here. He's the morning line favorite. She's probably the horse to beat. Uh, he could be riding instead on Saturday in New York at Belmont Park because he's the regular rider for Daring Dancer, who's going to be the favorite probably in the Sands Point stakes. But instead, he's here at Kentucky Downs to ride Sky Treasure, and he has a live mount, of course, with War Dancer in the uh, Kentucky Turf Cup. But Sky Treasure is the horse to beat here. Uh, she has a dynamic move, a dynamic turn of foot that uh, was evident in her last victory at Woodbine. And if she gets a clear run, she's going to be, I think, very, very tough. But this is a wide-open race. Uh, Miz and Miss is very fast. Richie's party girl uh, has uh, specialized in winning turf sprints in her career. She even went to uh, France and ran there. Um, she is very, very capable with her best day. It's a, a, a tough race. Key is going to come running late. And uh, Kune Kune, who's on the also-eligible list, if she gets in, I think she's very dangerous also. This is an outstanding race. You know, I, I was writing down uh, the horses I thought had a chance to win under the best of circumstances, and I have eight of them uh, listed <laughs> here that uh, I think have a chance to win this race. And that's what's beautiful about Kentucky Downs because most of the races are like that, and that's what enables you with the low tank takeout, of course, to get a good price on somebody you like and usually a very good horse. Absolutely. Fantastic input. Uh, we're talking with Gary West. He's down at Kentucky Downs. We're going to take a quick commercial break. And we come back, we're going to look at the granddaddy of them all. It's the Kentucky Turf Crop, a grade three carrying $600,000 purse. You're listening to Gary West, and you're listening to Winning Ponies. Is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. That goes O'Neill. He's at the shot. Got it. With 2.8 seconds left to left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. And they're off. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. Your internet flagship station for sports... 
America's Sports. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, and again, with me is uh, Gary West. I guess you could call him a handicapper. You could call him a sensational uh, writer. uh, And you could call him a very special person because he's blessed to be down there uh, at Kentucky Downs. Uh, We're going to get into the Kentucky Turf Cup. Again, that's a graded stakes race uh, going a mile and a half, a rare distance uh, that that they'll run. But, uh, Gary, as you said, there may be some moisture in the track on Saturday. Explain to the listeners just how grueling those final furlongs are, that it is so long they actually have to have two pan cameras to cover the stretch. Right. It's the longest stretch in America. And you would think, because it's so long, that uh, those horses that rally from far back would, would be quite successful. But that's not always the case here because there is an incline in the home stretch. And you don't often see horses, um, you know, make this bold, dramatic move inside the eighth pole. Uh, you, you can make a sustained run down the stretch, but uh, it isn't, it isn't uh, necessarily the, the you know, uh, ice cream cone for, for stretch runners that you'd think. Um, you have to be in good position when you get ready to turn down the lane, and then you've got to be ready, and you have to have a very, very fit horse. Um, it's a demanding course, and it's interesting to follow, John. The horses, after they race at Kentucky Downs, what happens to them later? Because uh, they frequently go from here and, and win elsewhere and uh, often are overlooked, and the uh, reward is, of course, a handsome payoff. Because well, I used to see that the, with horses from your home court level, down there at the fairgrounds, because I recall that, uh, that was kind of a course. deep, it's a great track course for horses. It's very kind and fair, and uh, horses come off of it and do great elsewhere. So anyway, the, the uh, stretch is the longest in the country, uh, but don't be uh, misled into thinking that it's uh, a paradise for stretch runners. I know. People make the same mistake with the Belmont Stakes every year. You, you know, you've got to be pretty close to that lead and turn it for home. You know, the Silky Sullivan types don't get it done just because it's a long stretch. Well, uh, again, mile and a half, very unique distance. Uh, Kentucky Downs, uh, such a boutique meet. Uh, very few of these horses have already run there uh, outside of, in this race, uh, Sun Tracer, uh, Olympic Thunder, who was uh, second in this race, only by a neck uh, last year. Uh, but uh, as you alluded to in the first segment, uh, War Dancer, uh, a son of the very hot sire Warfront, just look up the Keeneland results, uh, looks to be like the one to beat there. Yeah, I think he is. He has an interesting pedigree. You know, Warfront was essentially a sprinter, and the Mary's out of Deed I Do. Um, you know, she wasn't a, a, a route horse that uh, would lead you to believe um, she would produce a horse like this, who seems to be capable of, of uh, scoring at any distance from a mile to a mile and a half. And indeed, he has won at a mile and a half. He won the Louisville Handicap at Churchill Downs in a very good effort where he beat Suntracer. And I was so impressed with that race because 
he momentarily lost the lead, and then he came back and and nailed Suntracer on the money. He was so determined. And then beyond the wire, he galloped out well beyond any of his rivals to suggest that there was still something left in the tank. Uh, He's a very good horse. He's never run a bad race on the turf. He is determined and capable, and I'll be surprised if we don't see another good effort from him uh, here in the Kentucky Turf Cup. He's absolutely the horse to beat here. But there are some horses whose talent level is nearly his equal and uh, certainly are capable of an upset if they get the right kind of trip. You alluded to Sun Tracer, who ran third in this race a year ago, and he can come running late, and uh, he was only a head behind War Dancer in the Louisville Handicap, and um, I I suspect he's going to be dangerous here. And Olympic Thunder, who was second in this race a year ago, he's always a threat. And a a, a long shot, I think, has a, uh, a chance here is number four, Holiday Star from the Gray Emotion Stable. Uh, he looks like he's approaching a peak effort to me. Um, he ran third in a uh, stakes race, going to mile have it at uh, Delaware, and then he finished second by a nose in the John's Call at Saratoga. And actually, he was was the best horse that day. He lost to Tricky Hat, who's also in this race. But Tricky Hat had an absolutely perfect trip on the rail the whole way, and he got through inside the 16th pole and got up and and won by a nose, while Holiday Star was three wide in the first turn, four wide in the second turn, and just lost the head bob. Uh, One step uh, beyond the wire, and he's in front. Uh, Holiday Star, I think, is going to be overlooked here, but he's got a real chance. He's moving in the right direction for Gray Emotion. He's only four, and these, you know, turf routers, they often improve with age and get better and better. I think he's just coming into his own here. He's going to be a danger. Fantastic information and insight. Again, so competitive uh, down there uh, at Kentucky Downs. Uh, I I do think, though, as I believe you agree, that uh, War Dancer may be the one to beat. And, uh, you stated earlier in the show that uh, Kenny McPeak over the years has been the all-time leading trainer at Kentucky Downs. So good reasons to take a very close look at that uh, talented four-year-old Colt. That's uh, closing in on the $600,000 mark. Yes, yes, I, I agree. He's definitely the horse to beat. Um, but if he, uh, you know, he's, he's not so much better than these that something can go wrong and he's going to win. If he has a moment's trouble, there's a handful of horses uh, that are ready to claim the top prize. All right, well, I'm going to throw a real challenge at uh, Gary West right now because my producer, Michael, is telling me that we've only got three minutes left, and I've got a humongous field going to post in the Kentucky Downs Ladies Turf. And, uh, Gary, I'm just going to turn it over to you because this race was just too hard for me to handicap. It, it, it is a puzzle, isn't it? It's a very difficult race, uh, one, of, one of those Typical Kentucky Downs races where eight horses can win. I think I'm already sexy, though, is the horse to beat in here. And uh, this one-mile distance is going to be perfect for her. She uh, ran sixth in the Beverly D against some of the top mares around at a mile and three-sixteenths. I think she's a little more effective at a at a shorter distance. And uh, she, I think, is, is approaching a top race. But there are several in here that are, are capable of winning. Kiss Moon is an intriguing filly. She's a three-year-old. 
four-year-old facing older horses, but her win in the Hattu Stakes at Arlington was outstanding. That race was split into two divisions. She won her division, and it was two full seconds faster than the other division. That's how dominant she was. And she's a three-year-old filly moving in the right direction. I, I think she's going to be awful tough, and uh, I, I think she's um, capable of pulling off a mild upset here. Uh, Ms. Ida, um, people in this region know her because she's been winning stakes in this area for a long time. She's coming off of a couple of poor efforts, but she's had some trouble in those races. I wouldn't give up on her. Blinkers go on Saturday, and she might rebound with a typical effort that would put her in the ball game here. Oh, well. Wow. Well, hey, thanks for putting 10 pounds in a five-pound sack, Gary West. I, I really appreciate it. Uh, you, you've got uh, so much insight into what's going on down there at Kentucky Downs. And all I can tell you is uh, I know Corey Johnson's a big fan of yours, and I can tell you this. I'm a big fan, and I'm sure after the appearances you've made on Winning Ponies, so are our listeners. I can't well, John, thank, thank you enough for being much. on the show. It's always my pleasure. All right. Well, we've been talking with Gary West. And I also want to thank Tom Hamm, the general farm manager from Taylor Made. A lot of information for you to digest. Some great races, some great angles given to you. Don't forget, easy win forms up on winning ponies. They've been nailing some big prices left and right. So get on there. So as I look across the turf course past the Ohio River to the hills of Kentucky, just want to remind everybody when you go to the races, bet with your head, not over it. Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. We know the information from today's show will help you at the next post. Keep listening for more next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.